This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo. Welcome back to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. Scott Goldbranson with you. My partner Mo Moten will be back with us here in just a few. But joining us to start off the show, of course, is our good friend, our NFL insider here at Odyssey. That is Brian Baldinger. Baldy is also seen all the time on the NFL Network. Everybody loves it. And and by the way. The Baldy Breakdowns on X.com. You can't miss those, so you got to follow them on X.com at Baldy NFL. All right, man, listen, let's jump in. It, it, it's a tough time uh, for Raider Nation right now. You look at what's going on with this team. They sit there at three and four, and you think, well, geez, they're in second place in the AFC West, but everyone knows that th- this team is in trouble. I- I'm I'm just dumbstruck by this, Baldy. Uh, you have $104 million invested in your offense, you brought in a new quarterback. Josh McDaniels really wanted to get his guys in there. They brought him in, and they're almost last in every category on offense. They can't score. Nine of the last 10 games can't score 20 points. And we've seen, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo go out again with injury. We knew we talked with you back in the summer about that. Yeah. When you look at this whole package on offense, and we'll get to defense in a minute, but when you look at this whole pack, pack uh, situation on offense, what do you see from, from the tape when you watch this team and what they're not doing? Uh, what's going on in your mind? Well, there's no explosion to the offense. Okay, so none. They didn't have one explosive play against Chicago. That's not the 85 Bears that they were playing against. There's a rookie corner out there. I mean, there's there's a lot of inexperience. Um, you know, Jalen Johnson looked like, you know, in that second half he – own Devontae Adams. I mean, it just shouldn't happen. But the quarterback play was pathetic last week. I mean, you can – I'm sure Brian Hoyer is a nice guy. He's had some good days in this league. But that was that was not a good performance. Like, that was just – that interception to Jalen Johnson, the first one, was horrible. Like, you can't put a – you can't inflate the ball with helium and float it out there to Devontae <laughs> and expect that ball not to do what happened. Uh, and, you know, so – you know, but then you go, okay, well, Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing last year. What's what's going on? I mean, they, you know, they had two good runs the whole afternoon. Not that they ran it all that many times, but they had two, and it was the first two plays of the third quarter, and that was it. A seven-yard run, eleven-yard run, and other than that, like they couldn't get you know a yardstick. So, you know, that's that's a problem. Um, Hunter Renfro has been a good player in this league. He's invisible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know. Like it's just it looks awful. It, it last week. There's been some poor performances. Last week was the worst for me to watch it because I felt like the team was flat. 
Mm. It did, you know, Chicago was a very winnable game to get to, you know, to get that, you know, important win to get a third win in a row. It was important. And it was set up there to do it. And they, they played the worst game I thought of the year. Um, that, you know, that's always falls on the coach. I don't care who it is. If it was Vince Lombardi, it falls on the coach. Like that mm-hmm. was a poor performance. And every coach, before they say anything to the team, has to look at themselves. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's where uh, we, we look at the situation, Baldy, and you say to yourself, and, and you know, I'm not a guy out here ta- calling for coaches to get fired. I just don't do that. That's not what I do. But I will talk about the facts here. And if you look at what you talked about, this loss and how the team came out flat after the game, Coach Josh McDaniels said, no, he thought the team was prepared. Well, to me, that shows a disconnect. And if you don't know what's going on, if you don't feel, if you don't feel that as the head coach, that your players aren't ready or they come out. Now, sometimes they just come out flat. I get that. That happens. But you look at that. You look at blowing five double digits last last year to set an NFL record. You look at the loss to Jeff Saturday, who's a great guy, yes, but he wasn't an NFL coach. Mm-hmm. The Baker Mayfield game, and then you look at, the, the obviously, the Bears loss. Um, this is 24 games in, and I think that what I've said is that I don't know how do you how do you turn a corner after that? We saw the Lions with Campbell. We saw him. He had some tough times, but you could always see the team improving. You could see the mentality of the players. They were all bought in and they were executing. They just didn't have the talent. And then they started to stockpile talent. What do you, as a former player too, what do you see out there with these guys? Like, wh- at what point do they stop buying it? And do they start being detractors or do they start getting away from it? I know he hasn't lost the locker room yet. But but where do you get to as a player from mindset when you work that hard and you see these results? Well, you get sick of losing. I mean, you know, you just get – I know they were in the playoffs two years ago. I mean, you get sick Mm -hmm. of losing. They won their last four, you know, two years ago to get to the playoffs. So it's not that far removed. But, you know, for a guy like Devontae Adams, who all he did was win in Green Bay, go to the playoffs every year, like this is is hard to take. And, you know, I mean, I know they made a concerted effort to start the game to get him the ball. But, you know, honestly, how many four-yard catches are going to get a receiver excited? Right. You know, it's, it, it, you know you, yeah, you're calling his number, but you're, you know, you're getting four yards. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's it just looks bad. But, you know, the roster looks very incomplete. At least in Detroit, you could see an improved roster. Mm-hmm. They went and got Jared Goff, and people thought, oh, he's a, he's a stopgap quarterback, except that he lines up every single Sunday. He never loses the game for you. He keeps you in games, and now they're winning games. So you'll see that this week firsthand. But you know, it was a you know they they made good they've made great picks. I mean, Brian Branch, Aiden Hudson. You just go through the list. You know, Penesu. Mm-hmm. They they made good smart. They got a good young core on that team, and so that's you know you have to develop your young players. You just do. And can you say right now? Um, what young player? Dylan Parham. Okay, I like Dylan. But, like, how many young players have they drafted in the last couple of years where you're saying, okay, this is this is the future. This is, this is what we're building around right now. And I don't know that you can, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe Tyree Wilson will become a Pro Bowl player. He's, you know, who knows? I'm not <laughs> writing them off by any stretch. He got a sack last yeah. week. Um, you know, in a two minute, you know, in a final play of the half, whatever, but regardless, I mean, I don't, I don't see a a young core. Like I was at the jets today and I can see Brees Hall and Garrett, you know, Wilson, and I can see sauce and I, I see good young players that they're building around and got Aaron Rodgers and, you know, excited the whole, I can't say that about the Raiders right now. Yeah, and and Baldy, that it brings up a good point though about that young core, and and obviously they had, and we talked about this the last time you were on. The Raiders had disastrous drafts the last five years. They had so much capital, and it just didn't pan out. Except for, I mean, Max Crosby's the one guy that sticks out the most. Of course, Josh Jacobs uh, had a great year last year, not doing so great this year. But you look at that, you look at the lack of young talent, and and you always say it when I watch your content. You always say, "Hey, look in the NFL." You gotta have you gotta win in the trenches. You gotta win up front on the offense. You gotta win up front on the defense, and you gotta have quarterback play. Yep. And the Raiders, uh, d- they have okay offensive line play at times. Defensive line, Max Crosby. You mentioned Tyree Wilson. Who knows? Um, but it's not overly impressive. And like you said, there's not a lot of uh, guys that you say, "Wow, this this is a kid they're gonna hold on to for a while" because he's he's really lighting it up. But then you have the quarterback. 
and the Raiders have a rookie quarterback. I'm not saying Aiden O'Connell is going to be the answer long term. We don't know what he is. He's a fourth no. round draft pick. He's limited. He's not a he's not a mobile guy. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that though, at what point then do you say if you're if you're in Josh McDaniel's shoes, which I know is hard to do because so much of what he does, people seem to think is odd. Um, what do you do? Do you I mean it's it's a quarterback league, Baldy? You have to be able to have good quarterback play to compete. Devontae Adams. Four, four, yeah, four-yard catches aren't going to do anything. You need to go vertical with him. You need to open up the field, and they're not able to do it with Garoppolo when he's healthy or obviously with Brian Hoyer. You got to get the quarterback. I mean, you just have to get it. Like, you know, like there's mm-hmm. teams that had just, you know, continued to strike out with quarterbacks, just continually. Like, you know, the Saints, from Archie Manning on, struck out with quarterbacks until they signed Drew Brees. You know, and then they fixed it, and then they got a coach, and then they built it, and then they had a lot of success and won a Super Bowl. But you, you go through the list, you know. I mean, the Eagles thought they had it with Carson Wentz, and they didn't. But, you know, they 53 or third pick in the draft in the second round, they took Jalen Hurts. He's got everything it takes to be as good as he wants, and he leads the, the entire team. They got that position figured out. And that's why they, they went from 4-11-1 to being a Super Bowl contending team. And they can just dismantle the, the the Dolphins last week because they have a, a real they have a real philosophy. Okay, we're going to keep taking quarterbacks till we get it right. They had Donovan for a decade; it was good. It was a good run. You know, they 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 thought they had Carson and, and it just fell apart. Um, but they got Jalen, and now you go. We're just going to keep the trenches big, thick, strong, and deep. Mm. And you know, and then look. If we're in a playoff hunt, we'll go get Kevin Byer. We don't care. We're just going to keep bringing him in. But we've got a yeah. foundation where you can take those kind of guys. The Raiders yeah. don't have that foundation right now. They just don't. And and you you have to you have to mine those players. You have to develop those players. If you can find one in free agency on the way up, you know you go and get them. Like Hassan Reddick, you know they went and got him in free agency. He's an elite player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he bounced around in Arizona and Carolina, but he's an elite player. They, they, they targeted him and they got, him. <clears throat> you know, and so how you build your team is really important. It is. And, and I think that this, this situation with the Raiders, I think that's, that's what's been so troubling for those of us who cover it from an objective standpoint, right? Which is, boy, at this time you would, you would expect to see improvement. And instead you see sort of, uh, falling backwards. You know, you might take a step forward, a little step, you win a close game, ugly, whatever it is. And then you play the bears and this happens. So, so I think people are frustrated with that and I, and I understand it. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with this roster because trade deadlines coming up. Um, there was a lot of talk about Devonte Adams. Of course, there's been no truth from that coming from the organization that we know of yet. Uh, and of course, the contract is massive at this point too. So, so we'll see. But Hunter Renfro, you brought him up earlier. A lot of the report came out today um, from Jordan Schultz, who talked about how uh, him and Josh McDaniels just didn't get along, and so um, they've been trying to trade him since last year. Look, I understand the personal dynamics with coaches, players. It happens sometimes. Guys don't get along. But I've seen the greatest athletes kind of put that aside, and coaches, no matter how big the egos, put that aside and go out and win together or go out and play together. When you look at that situation with Hunter Renfro, um, he, he could be in a massive tool for this team to, to do, to, to work well with the quarterbacks that they do have. Uh, and he's just sitting there on the sideline and then you kill his trade value because you don't play him. He's got no numbers and he's coming yeah. off an injury last year. Um, is, is it common for that to happen and we just don't see it as much? I don't know. They seem to be, I mean, I, the, this as I'm sure it's been talked at ad nauseum, but you know, you fell in love with the Patriot way, you know, and Jacoby mm. Myers is here and both quarterbacks are here and they know the system and all that. It's like, sometimes you have to divorce yourself of that stuff. Yeah. You just have to like build your own template, you know, and what worked in one place doesn't always work in the other place. Free agency is not the designated hitter. Like you just can't just go <laughs> put your guy in the lineup and he's just going to go hit home runs for you. And yeah. so, you know, it, they, they seem like odd fits. And they haven't gotten the, the quarterback situation figured out. I mean, if you didn't love Derek Carr, that's fine. Like, you know, he wasn't good in the post. He got to the postseason. You know, I mean, Derek Carr is, you know, he's a nice player. Like, I, he, he, that's not the guy that's going to win in January, year in, year out for. He just hasn't done it. Now, maybe you could go find Matt Stafford. 
I mean, and, and look, the Rams found Matt Stafford. The guy's an elite talent, elite. There was a reason why he was the first pick in the draft. And Sean McVay saw it, and he gave up on Jared Goff, who was the first pick. But it's worked out for both teams. But both teams have their quarterback. So you, you got to have to – because really what you do is you get your quarterback, you establish your quarterback, and then you never stop building around that quarterback. I mean, the Eagles just brought in Julio Jones. I mean, I don't know if Julio is going to help the Eagles or not, but I'm here in Philly, so I hear all this. But, like, yeah. they got their quarterback. Offensive line, stout, big, strong. They keep developing guys. They drafted a guy in the second round this year. He'll be in the lineup by next year. I mean, all this stuff. But the quarterback said, okay, we'll go get DeAndre Swift. We'll, we'll get better running backs, backs that can catch the ball. You know, we'll make sure we'll go trade for A.J. Brown. You know, mm-hmm. we'll get an elite X receiver that's young and he's got fresh legs. So that's where they're wrong. That's where they're going wrong. Like you just can't find these stopgap quarterbacks and just go with injury histories and go, mm-hmm. that's what we're going to build around. Like that's not a good plan. No. And, and um, I, I know we got to let you go here, but I will tell you that the one thing you just said, and Mo and I have been talking about on the show since the, the game on Sunday, which is you, you could tell a lot about, uh, how a team's going to go by how the organization is running. I mean, you talk about Howie Roseman, what he's done with the Eagles. It's it's remarkable. I got to go get a piece. I'll go get a piece because we're 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 there and we can compete for a championship. So we're going to go get it. We're going to develop. And I think that's what that's what's missing here. And they're a serious organization. I mean, serious. They're serious about winning. And I think if you're serious about winning, that's what you do. You build it your way. You build it with the people that you need and you trust. And then you go about it uh, with with good talent and let people do their jobs. And so we'll see if the Raiders uh, can somehow figure that out uh, and 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 right the ship. But I think to your point, there's some talent issues there, and there's some obviously development issues there. So we'll have to see. And it starts with quarterback uh, as well as that the trenches, as we talked about. Baldy, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate you being here, and we'll talk to you again soon. I will talk to you. I would just say this one thing. Yes. Like, if I was Max Crosby, and I was Patrick Graham. And I got beat soundly by a quarterback from Shepherd College in his first start. I wouldn't sleep at night. I would not sleep at night. Like, there's no way you build your defense saying that guy is not going to beat us. And he helped beat you last week. And that, if you're Marcus Epps, I don't care, you're Marcus Peters, like, you can't let Tyson Bajan in his first start play that error free. You just can't. Like, it, it's, you have to. I came from Philadelphia where Reggie White and Seth, like you, you welcome that quarterback to the league and you let them know what the league is all about. And they never did that. No. And, and you mentioned Max Crosby, you know, he's that way. Uh, he, but, but when you're the only guy and, and you don't have anybody there with you that maybe breathes uh, and sleeps football like you do, that's where you have a problem. Baldy, thank you so much, my yeah. friend. I appreciate okay. it. Yep. Talk to you Take soon. Care. All right. There you go. Brian Baldinger joining us here on Silver and Black today. We certainly appreciate him being with us. Great conversation always and just great insight. And and Mo and I are going to break down a little bit of what he said next as we come back for the second segment here. But uh, some telling stuff there, some things that I've said. You guys got on me when I said this roster didn't have enough talent. Oh, they're doing all right. No, they're, they don't have a lot to build on. And and that's part of the problem. And that's development. That's on the organization. So we'll talk about that. All right. Take a uh, quick break here. And when we come back, Mo will join me and we'll get continuing on with this edition of Silver and Black Today. Don't go anywhere. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Silver and Black today. We appreciate you guys being with us. We're an Odyssey original podcast covering the Raiders. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your audio. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe there too. Hit the notifications bell and you can join in anytime we're live or anytime we premiere a new video. So thank you for that. Also want to thank Baldy again for stopping by in the first segment. And now Mo Moten, my co-host, joins us in. And I also want to make sure I give a clear plug for Baldy's podcast here on the Odyssey Network, which is called The Best Football Show with Brian Baldinger. And it's a great show because he goes around the league, he talks about everything and breaks things down. So I highly recommend that Right after you subscribe to Silver and Black today, you go over and subscribe to Baldy's podcast. You got to do that. Uh, but uh, a great conversation. I'm glad he stopped by. Mo, uh, I know you heard a little bit about what he said. And I think the thing that struck me, the point, I mean, he made a lot of points and we'll get into some of them. But I think the one point that the, the way he said it, I guess I hadn't thought about it this way. And so when he said it, it sort of just clicked for me. He said, hey, so, you know, I look around the league. I see, he said, I was just at the Jets today. Uh, for five hours, hanging out with the Jets and seeing what they're doing. And I look at the Jets and I see all this young Helen. I see Brees Hall. I see Sauce Gardner. Yes, he's injured, but I see all these young developing players. And then he's like, on the Raiders, who do the Raiders have? They have Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams. But what about past that? Like, he's like, I don't see any kind of, any kind of, um, stockpiling of talent there. And then, of course, he talked about the Eagles, which you know, it's a great textbook example of Howie Roseman, what he's done there to build that squad. And that kind of hit me. I was like, whoa, you know, I, I, maybe I, I've thought of or said something about that, but not in that way. And, and it goes back to some of the things we're talking about. We were talking about on Tuesday and the reaction to the show Tuesday, by the way, Mo, was very funny. People, oh, you guys are so fired up and da da so, you know, the, the 10% of people didn't like it, of course, but, but we, uh, we got a gr- lot of great feedback on it. And it's just because it's becoming clear that the certain things aren't working, but that point that Baldy made, and it's a hard reality for fans out there that listen to the Raiders or follow the Raiders is that you kind of look at the roster and you're like, Meh. right. They're, I mean, obviously they're not very good because they're not winning ball games, but you look at it for the future and it's a little discouraging. It's a little discouraging now. Now, I will say that I think Tyree Wilson's made minimal strides. I, I, said, I tweeted during yeah. the game, you know, during that Bears beatdown, I said the one kernel of positivity is I, I felt like I, even before the PFF grades came out, I, the eye test, Tyree Wilson had his best game against the Bears, but no one cares because the Raiders got blown off the field. Yeah. So I, I think that was lost in the shuffle a bit. But I've said this before, and I'll say it now. If Joshua Daniels were to get fired, I would fire Dave Ziegler with him because mm-hmm. I, I've said it on my Bleach Report Live. What rookie has Dave Ziegler drafted that you can look at and say that guy is going to be a potential pro bowler or, or, or even a solid contributor for a decade, five years, or that player is going to get a second contract for sure. Right. We, we, you can't point to one single player. and He's actually traded and or or the team has not even rostered some of the players that he's drafted in his two classes. Ma- Matthew Butler didn't even make the 53-man roster this year, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he, he traded Neil Farrell Jr. to the defensive tackles they drafted last year. Ja'Cory Bennett, I liked him. Had a lot of buzz in the preseason. Can't stay healthy right now, but when he was on the field, didn't show enough, didn't show a lot. Mm-hmm. And Byron Young, you know, hasn't been able to get on the field on a consistent basis. So the list goes on and on. So I agree with Baldy, but – I've always made the point that Dave Ziegler hasn't done enough where I could say 
you know, he deserves to keep his job because he really has, as of right now, now it, give him some time because sometimes picks take three years. We understand that. Look at Trayvon Merrick this year, his third year. I get that. But if we're taking a snapshot right now, the returns don't look very good. No, but it's interesting because, well, I agree with you 100%. And I'm, I'm the first one, and we talked about it, I think, on the last show where I said Bryce Young. People give up on Bryce Young already. All these young quarterbacks, it's like, hey, you give them a year. And it's like, if they don't make it in a year, they're a bust, right? But I will say this. If you, if you look at all the other teams and their draft picks, not all of them, but the teams that end up being competitive, it seems like, you know, out of a draft class, they, they, they have a few guys that, that hit. I mean, you look at the, and, and fan, Raider fans aren't going to want to hear this. You look at the Chiefs last year. How many, how many rookies started in the Super Bowl? Six, right? Six rookies started in the yeah. Super Bowl. So, so there is a better way to do things. And to your point about Dave Ziegler, it's a good point. And, and we talked about, Baldy and I, the, the idea of this the, the winning in the trenches, right? So you went into the season, and that's where you have to look at the Raiders too and say, well, wait a minute, you went into the season thinking you're good. You're good up front on both sides of the ball, right? And to me, I know we get hyper fixated on Josh Jacobs and the quarterbacks and Devontae Adams and the tight ends and lack of use, all that stuff. But up front, it, it you just you're like, ah, okay, Colton Miller, okay, player, you know, great, good player. But outside of that, everybody's replaceable. There's nobody on that offensive line that I'd be like going to bat for to say, no, we can't let this kid go. He's going to be a superstar. And on the defensive side, outside of Max Crosby, and you talked about Tyree Wilson, it's like, okay, you get some good play out of those guys, and that's fine. And this is where I had I had a a, a listener of ours disagree with me on x.com last week because they're like you keep saying on your show that the raiders defense is deficient in talent i don't think that's true and i'm like what 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 are you watching and respectfully had a conversation with this person which was good but it's it's you look at this and you say to yourself that's why we pick them originally to have six or seven wins because they just don't have that much talent and it's showing out now add in the coaching situation and in the fact that you can't develop talent, and um, it could be a really long rest of the season, Mo, if they can't start to get some performance out of these guys. What I will say is the defense is exceeding expectations. Now, is there a lot of star level there? No. I mean, Max Crosby is a star on that on that unit, obviously. Sure. Right? No question. Then you have Trayvon Merrick, who I think is back on the right track. Devon Diablo, let's hope he's healthy. Came up the field with an angle injury against the Bears. They could be a solid starter. Robert Spillane has exceeded expectations. But other than Max Crosby, right, do, what, what player do you look at and you say, I could put that player on the trade block and get a lot of value for that player? That Because the, the league will tell you what your value is. That's correct. And I don't, think there any, I don't think there's anyone on that Raiders roster outside of Max Crosby that would get you great trade capital in a deal if they were if the Raiders were to put that player on the trade block. Like I said, the closest thing behind Max Crosby, maybe I, I would say the next guy would probably be Merrick. Because yeah. you could see the but you could see the potential there. Devon Diablo plays a devalued position at linebacker. People, you know, teams don't trade a lot for linebackers. So other than that, you know, where's the value in that defense? There's still not, don't get me wrong. I don't want people to hear me wrong on this. It is a good sign that they're making strides and you want to see those young guys continue to make strides. So I'm not going to judge it too harshly. So I, I will say that I will say the defense has helped the Reds win more games than the offense has. And that's yeah. an embarrassment because, as I said, $104 million offense, third fewest uh, points scored per game this year. But even the defense, and I agree with you on the defense. I mean, we've been saying it on the show for the last three weeks, right? Or now almost four weeks. But it's sort of like it reminds me of a story. Let me take you back in time, Mo, to when I was in high school. And I was I was I was not good in math. And so I get into my second year or my first year, it was what um calculus. I can't do it, man. I'm just like, I don't know, other side of the brain, whatever. And I was struggling and I was failing. And so remember the parent-teacher conference. And the parent-teacher conference was, okay, well, listen, we just want to get, we want Scott to pass the class. We got to get him to work hard. We understand it's not his thing, but we need him to get him past the class. So the expectation was I wouldn't get an F, that maybe I'd get a, if I was really lucky, a C minus, right? And so when we talk about their exceeding expectations, yeah, it's it's sort of 
easy to do that in some ways, Mo, because they've been terrible for so long. And so when you see some improvement, it definitely is welcomed and it's a good sign. But then the question becomes, yeah, three or four weeks from now, how much have they improved now? And if they just are inching along, it's not enough because it's the NFL. And guess what? You can't take, look, you got people coming in the league, coaching teams that the previous year won four games. And I mean, look at what the Eagles did, right? You have turnarounds that happen quick. Turnarounds in the NFL are expected in one to two years, not three to five anymore. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I agree there. What I will say, though, is you have a second half of the season. And what I want to say about that is that I I would wait to kind of assess the young players, specifically on the defense, until Mm -hmm. the season's over. Because you're talking about, for guys like Tyree Wilson, what, a handful of games where he was – where it looked like he knew what was going on around him. You talk about Byron Byron Young, who hasn't been, as I said, hasn't been on the field yet. You talk about Jacorian Bennett, who has to get healthy. You know, so Aiden O'Connell, we'll see if he ever gets a start again. <laughs> but he has shown some bright spots that he could be a backup. So what I will say is, yes, you're right. It's not They're not giving enough. They're not getting enough contributions out of their rookie class. But I'm willing to see what it looks like after one year. Yeah, and, and that's that's – yeah, that's understood. Uh, and and I, that's why I said four or five more weeks with this defense to see what happens. Uh, the offense is a different story because you got a lot of veterans over there. But, um, you know, that that in itself is interesting. You, the other thing he talked about, and he brought it up, do you remember, I think, the uh, two out of the last three appearances that Baldy had on our show, Mr. Moten, he talked about Patriot Way doesn't work outside of New England. Right? He said it again today. He said, look, it's like you got to go be your own person. You got to be your own. You got to run things the way you got to run them where you're at. Like that stuff doesn't work. You can't. It's not like it's a boxed magic pill that you go and oh, I'm in the desert now. Let me take this pill and hey, we're Bill Belichick and the Patriots. It doesn't work that way. And it really, it is a copycat league though. You look at offenses, defense. That's why NFL is da- the scoring is down in the NFL for the third straight year. And I think that's because everybody keeps copying everybody, and eventually people catch on because everybody's running the same stuff. And defenses start to realize what's going on. But this whole idea that, and I, and I saw, I forgot who it was that wrote it, but the idea that Josh McDaniels looks like he's coaching scared. It looks like they're trying to outsmart everybody with these picks that don't necessarily resound. Or, no, they know talent well enough, and they're going to go get all these Patriots who, uh, from your rant uh, on Tuesday, uh, our system fits, right? All this stuff. And, and it, it just over and over again shows that it's not working. So what they, that's what I want to see in the second half of the season, Mose. I want to see these leaders, if they are leaders, step up and say, you know what? We just got to do what we got to do. What do we got to do with this team to get the most out of them this year and then set us up for success in the future? I know, I know people out there saying there is no success with Josh McDaniels. I get it. But. There's got to be something done. You have to see some movement. You have to see some sense of urgency that they realize this thing's off the track. If Mark Davis doesn't have a comment, let, let's say the Raiders go to Detroit Monday Night Football mm-hmm. and it's a bad loss. If Mark Davis is silent after that, two embarrassing losses back to back, then why would the players have any urgency if, if there's no urgency from the top? If there's no if you if the person at the top of the food chain who hired the head coaching who hired the front office and coaching staff or the head coach is not showing any urgency and the last time we were in this in this a similar situation he said Josh McDaniels is doing a fantastic job why should the players look at this as oh we have to have some urgency when they when they when you can kind of see that the status quo is okay for now. Now, reports came out that Josh McDaniels has been coaching for his job, but those are just reports secondhand. Mark right. Davis hasn't said anything publicly about the football team. And again, I'm not saying that Mark Davis has to come out and throw Josh McDaniels or Dave Ziegler or anyone under the bus. Mm-hmm. But if you can just come out and just say, hey, this is unacceptable, something to let the players know the person at the top of the food chain is paying attention to what's going on and seeing that it's not working then I think you would get more out of the players. But if if the person at the top is like, meh, fantastic. This is part of the plan. 
that the players are like, oh, okay, I guess this is part of the plan. We get our butts kicked back to back weeks and we look ahead to 2024. Yeah. And, and it's a good point because I do believe that, um, and I don't, the times I've met Mark Davis always come across as an affable guy. You know, of course, I don't know him well. Uh, there are reporters who talk to him a lot. And so they've probably already talked to him and maybe their silence speaks volumes. Um, and, and that could, you could read that either, either way, but I do believe that everybody, especially owners of things of businesses, they have pride and they have ego. doesn't matter who you are. You have ego. Everybody's got ego. So to your point, if Monday night is a bloodbath, then, then I would expect something to happen. And I don't say he's getting fired. I'm just saying Mark Davis to say something, or at least people to request that he say something because, whoa, what's going on here? If they don't get blown out and they play well, for example, but still lose, okay, then you're making progress, right? It's a tough game anyway. But I just don't understand, um, you know, sort of th th that silence piece of it is is interesting. And, and we'll have to see what happens uh, going forward because I, I think the next few weeks are pivotal. I've been saying that for, for the other reasons, saying well, they could be positive because you could win these ballgames. But now I'm saying they're pivotal because you've got to show and they've got to show each other, Mo, that they're capable of pulling out of whatever they're in because they went to Chicago and no matter what Josh McDaniel said, they weren't prepared. Or if they were prepared, they were just flat and came out and blah, whatever. And, and that's a motivational issue and that, that has to be in the coach too. So it, it, it's, it's, it's a mess of a thing. But as I said, and nobody wanted to hear it, you know, every Sunday is a different game. And you never know what can happen in the NFL. Did you hear what Cole Komet, the tight end of the Chicago Bears, said about the Raiders mm -hmm. on on last Sunday? He basically said the Jet, the, the Jets, the Raiders played like they were jet lagged. He basically said we ran the ball, and anytime we got a big gain of six yards on the ground, you could just tell the Raiders were ready to tap out. That's what he said. I'm not reporting this. This is not a mm -hmm. rumor. You can go online right now on Twitter. Uh, I think it's already made off of um, 33rd front office. Oh, yeah. Uh, 33rd team. He yeah, posted the clip. And it was Cole Komet, the tight end of the Bears. And it was a quantum St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown's brother who plays for the Bears. They were talking about the Raiders' energy level on Sunday. And he said they played like they were jet lagged. Now, I understand the Raiders are going from the west to the east or midwest in Chicago, east coast time zone. But I believe they they – they traveled ahead. They arrived at, in Chicago early to get ahead of that. And for them to come out with a lack of energy against a bad football team. Yeah. It, it speaks volumes. It speaks volumes. It does. It does. Crazy. All right. We're going to wrap up this segment of silver and black today. We'll get back for our final segment. We'll talk a little bit about Monday's game and uh, maybe even a prediction or two. And we'll see what uh, what's going on there. But you are listening to Silver and Black today. And Odyssey Original Podcast, Mo and Scott. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, segment number three, the home stretch here on this show. The last time we'll talk to you before the Raiders play Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions. And uh, we appreciate you guys subscribing to the show wherever you get your audio. Also on YouTube, thank you for hitting that subscribe and the notifications bell. Uh, Mo Moten is my co-host. He is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. You can catch him on the X at Mo, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. Also catch his Raiders work where he's a columnist up at Sports Not, where I also 
am a writer and editor. So check out Sports Nut. If you haven't been there, do it. And then, of course, Mo has his Bleacher Report live. Do you have one? Uh, you have one, obviously, before and after the game Monday, right? Monday night, this? I'll be I'll be on Monday before night. and after the game. Yep. Next okay, one will be Monday night. 6.45 okay, Eastern so, Time, 2.45 Pacific, then after, right after the game. Yep. So there you go. You can get instant reaction from Mo on the Bleacher Report app where he might be mad Mo, Maniac Mo, Midtown Maniac Mo, whatever you want to call it. Can I say something about that really quick? Yes. Yes. People are enjoying the hashtag mad mo version of me but <laughs> I, I just want to say like this is this is the authentic me here i i know a lot of people like to do rants to go viral i see a lot of yeah. radio hosts do that and, and a lot of people know if you've been listening to the show i don't i don't do viral rants that's not my nope. thing however i'm feeling when i get up monday morning to record the show with you scott that's yeah. what that's what you get regardless of what happens i'm not it, there's no pre-plan i'm gonna say this it's it's my raw reaction to the game before i dive deep into the film and watch some things over and watch certain players you're getting the authentic version of me whether and some people like it some people and some people don't and that's fine you know and some people say i i can't listen to all the negativity and i will say that if you're watching the game you could tell things are not good right now so i'm not going to sit here and paint the pretty picture with rainbows and unicorns and pretty flowers and crap like that and tell you it's going to be okay yep. and give you a lollipop. I'm going to tell you exactly what you should be seeing or what we all saw when we watched these football games. Right. And, and that's what was interesting about the reaction because I, I took it as a huge compliment, frankly, Mo, because we, we stay even keeled. We stay objective, Right. And, and so when we, when we go into those, when we had that shows, the shows this past week and, and including the post game show, people are like, you know, and some people are like, well, you're just doing it for clicks and subscriptions and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, it's a free subscription. So it's like, whatever, but, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're not doing it for click because, because if we were, we'd be doing it all the time. We would be, we would be that way all the time. And we're not. But um, and also, I, I said to somebody too, one of one of the PSL holders, who's a a, a listener, a longtime listener of ours, who texts with me almost every day, and he's like, you know, I'm I'm so tired of this. Like I'm I'm just and I, and that's why I feel bad. I feel bad for fans too. Like people are like, stop talking about fans on your show. Just talk about football. It's like, well, no, the fans are part of football, and they feel it, and so uh, we talk about it because that's who's listening to us. But I will say this: the Raiders have an opportunity now to go on the road and do something special, Mo. Playing the Lions on Monday night. And we pose the question right now, and I'm asking you this straight up, my friend. How bad could this be? I don't think it could be any worse than what happened with the Bears simply because people aren't expecting the Raiders to compete with the Lions. Mm -hmm. right? So the Lions got blown out last week by the Baltimore Ravens. Everyone's expecting the Lions to come out angry. It's their first home Monday Night Football game since 2018. Wow. I don't know if you remember that game. That was the that was the game they played the Jets, and Sam Darnold threw an interception on his first career pass. <laughs> that yes. was the last time the Lions won Monday Night Football. So their crowd is going to be rocking. They're going to be charged up. If you look at the predictions across the board, no one is expecting the Raiders to do anything. Mm -hmm. Typically, a person who's watched the Raiders in recent past, these are usually games where the Raiders surprise you. And they actually compete. And they actually look like they can beat a team that's a, a playoff contender. So I'm not going to write off the Raiders and say they're going to get crushed. Because I, I've i seen this movie before. Raiders come out flat against a team they should beat. And then they bounce back and may not win the game. But they look competitive against a playoff caliber team. And you're left wondering, okay, so which version of this team is going to show up week to week? Good and question. that's what and that's what Raiders fans have been accustomed to because that's what I've been accustomed to when I watch these Raider games. Whether they're bad or good, this is what usually happens. They, they lay an egg, and then they come out and they're competitive, and you're like, okay, so which which is it? Who are these Raiders? And I think the game on Monday Night Football is gonna is gonna dictate how the Raiders approach the final hours of the trade deadline because the trade deadline is the next day on mm -hmm. Halloween. So if the Raiders lay an egg. The Raiders may decide we're going to sell a lot more than we expected to. If the Raiders win or look competitive, 
they may hold a lot of their core together for the rest of the season. So, so two questions there for you though. Okay. So I, I understand what you're saying about unexpected, like, cause but you look at the offense, you say, there's talent there. There's talent there. Okay. Absolutely. Except for the guy that you just froze out and because apparently you have, you don't like him, So you just want to trade him. But other than that, like, okay, I get it. But then I go back to evidence, you know, evidence. What, do, what have I seen in the last four games that makes me believe that they can score points, especially against the defense that is what, number two in the NFL against the run? Uh, so so there goes maybe trying to establish the run game. Now, maybe they come out and do, and it's a shocker. I mean, NFL has those all the time, usually one a week. So mm-hmm. so I hear what you're saying. I just not, I'm just not a believer that it's going to happen, but that's why they played the game. Uh, go ahead. I'm just saying it would not shock me if it no, comes yeah, down nothing. To it, it wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, nothing in the NFL does right because you. I mean, look what happened to Detroit. Now Baltimore's a really good team, but nobody thought they'd get blown out. You thought that was going to be a nice close game at least. Uh, the second part of your point about the trade deadline. How do I say this, Mo? What the hell do they have to trade? Outside of Devontae that- Adams, Josh Jacobs is uh, value is low now. Somebody might want him because they got to have a running back. Um, but who else? I have a comment about Josh Jacobs. Now, before the Colts gave Jonathan Taylor a new contract, mm-hmm. the, the Packers were interested in Jonathan Taylor, a former mm-hmm. rushing title champion. Now, this is after Jonathan Taylor had a down year. He was hurt. Didn't year They were still interested in him. If there's any team out there that would trade for Josh Jacobs and possibly give up a second or third round pick, it would be the Packers. I'll say that. The other thing Why, is though? they're not going anywhere. They want to help their young quarterback Jordan Love. Mm, and I think okay. they want to be a, I think it. they want to be a run first team. And it, just imagine if you had Aaron Jones and Josh Jacobs in your backfield, that's easily mm. the best running back duo in the NFL. You could turn yeah. things around very quickly, especially in the NFC North when you have the Lions and it's just the you know, the Vikings are three <laughs> and four, they're the second best team in that division, right? So mm-hmm. the other thing about what do the Raiders have to trade? I'm gonna say this for the 50th time, right? If the Raiders want to trade Hunter Renfro. Jermaine Luminar, Jerry Tillery. They're going to have to package those guys with draft picks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember when they traded Lynn Bowden Jr. to the Dolphins. What did they do? I know they got back Raquan McMillan, but yeah. they, they packaged him with a draft pick. Anytime a player you want to trade doesn't have a lot of trade value on the market, you're going to have to package him to move him with a draft pick. So I think any move that happens with any other Raiders outside of Devontae Adams and Max Crosby, which I don't see happening, other than maybe Josh Jacobs, you're going to have to trade that player and a draft pick. And, and with Hunter Renfro's situation, you're probably also going to have to eat part of his salary because yep. the Raiders foolishly held him on their roster after they signed Jacoby Myers. They signed Jacoby Myers on March 14th. Hunter Renfro's contract locked in the full guarantees on March 17th. So knowing the Raiders, knowing they were interested in Jacoby Myers, held on to Hunter Renfro, then added DeAndre Carr and took away his punt return duties, then drafted a slot wide receiver in the third round. And now they're like, we want to trade Hunter Renfro. He has no value. You don't give him any targets. You don't give him any time on the field, any significant time on the field. He has a fully guaranteed contract now. He was hurt last year and wasn't productive. What are you going to get for Hunter Renfro now? Probably a six-round pick if you trade him straight up. That's yeah. why I said you're going to have to package him with a draft pick now if you want maybe a fourth or third round draft choice next year. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where that's where I t- the whole talk the last couple of weeks about the Raiders being buyers. Well, we'll see what they're buying because um, they, they need draft capital for sure. But I, like you said, there's nobody on the roster that they they would be willing to part with at this point that would bring high draft picks, right? So that's that's how it's going to go. And no, nobody's trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, folks. So don't don't even no. think about it. Don't I even think that. about it. It's no not going to happen. Not going to happen. So, so uh, that's, that's where it's at. Now, the thing about this situation, too, and, and we have it up on the graphic on the screen, which is the only thing we know is that we don't know anything. Like, I don't know. This, this, this team is really in that purgatory stage. Like, they're not so bad that they're the Carolina Panthers, and they're not good enough to where, like, give you enough hope to think that they could actually make a push for the playoffs. But I don't see I, – I see the trajectory. I see an up and down, very big swings of, hey, play one game well, maybe in a position to win, and maybe you do or maybe you don't, and then you see what we saw in Chicago. The embarrassing thing about the Chicago situation is that the Raiders truly 
it shocked me because I mean I knew how shocking the upset was, but is how much they are now a a a meme and a, the butt of a joke in the NFL. Uh, at sitting at three and four, like you're like, wait a minute, you have these one and five teams, these all these other teams, but the Raiders are the ones getting all of the jokes because of the the slew of stats that you rolled off last show about McDaniel's and the coaching. So when you look at the when you look at 2023, we don't know what's going to happen yet, Mo. But but I think that the next few weeks, how they respond to what happened in Chicago, to the comments you talked about from Cole Komet that the team was gassed and not ready to play, all that stuff. Then, how do they respond to it? And I think the next few weeks, especially on a tough game like this, is going to show you sort of what this team is made of. I hope this doesn't happen. So I'm going to preface what I'm going to say by saying, I hope this does not happen. But if the Raiders lose St. Louis Rams style, and I tweeted this because someone asked me, <laughs> what would it take for Mark Davis to come out and fire Joshua Daniels at the end of the season or before the season ends? And I told that person on X that if the Raiders lose like 52 to zero, if you remember that Rams lost to the Saint, to the then St. Louis Rams, yeah, that was in St. Louis. It was fifty-two to zero. The Raiders got crushed. If it's that type of loss, I think Mark Davis has no choice but to say something. But I also mm -hmm. said that if it doesn't happen in Detroit and it happens at Allegiant Stadium when they get crushed like that, like fifty something to zero, or a team puts up a fifty burger on them and they just look out completely out of it, he has to respond to it because it, then it's in his face. He's there, present in his building. Team looks lifeless. Then you have to shake it up. But the but the problem, well, not the problem, the the weird point is that they're only they only have one more game until the trade deadline. So that's what I said. Right. A lot of this is going to be based on okay, what do they look like in that game before the deadline? Does it look like a team that has some life? Because if they go out there in Detroit and lay down, you're gonna see a lot of players in different uniforms for week nine. Yeah, and and I think you look at you look at the schedule after Detroit. Then you have two straight home games against the New York teams. Okay, um, you lose to the Giants. The Jets, you know, Jets have a really really good defense, so I can understand that. You lose to the Giants at home, and the Jets, and then you have to go play in Miami, and then you have Kansas City before the bye. So. In my view, you have to see uh, at least some kind of 500 like football before the bye. If you have this, I mean, if you you talked about losing at home, I mean, I don't think they lose to the New York Giants or the Jets 52 to nothing. I mean, those teams I don't think could even score 30 points. But but if 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 it continues to slide, which it might not, I mean, they might go to the Lions, lose the Lions, they might come home and beat and win two in a row. I mean, that's what mediocre teams do usually. And so, so we'll see. And then Dolphins and Chiefs two weeks in a row is a tough road. So uh, I, I don't know. I think you're right, though, that he's, he's going to have to say something if things get worse. I don't think they'll get that bad. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I keep saying that. And then, of course, they go to Chicago. <laughs> you go to Chicago, right? So, you know, it's, you got to laugh. It's like, well, okay, so much for my opinion. But anyway, so we'll see. And in the next few weeks, again, the next three weeks are big. And, and we'll see what happens with them and if they're able to in any way turn it around. Mo, what's your prediction for the game uh, against the, the Lions? I hate to say it because people are going to be like, Mo, you're a hater, but 35-19, I think I the Lions are just a better football team. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it and try to feed you, you know, lollipops here the lions are are better i know what people are saying after they got blown out by the ravens are they frauds they're not frauds um when you face lamar jackson and you're not used to facing lamar jackson you're gonna probably struggle uh, now yep. they're not they're not used to facing the raiders either but the raiders don't have a player like lamar jackson on offense and we don't even know if jimmy garoppolo is going to be ready for the game as of today this show airing we don't know if who's going to be the starting quarterback so how can I have any kind of confidence that the Raiders are going to look competitive on offense? We don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo's status is. Brian Hoyer shouldn't even be touching the football field. And and <laughs> Josh McDaniels is afraid to, to start Aiden O'Connell, even though he trades He is afraid. He's it, afraid. It doesn't, it doesn't What's he afraid of? Sense. That's what I'm, that's my question. Like, what do you, 
we've seen Brian Hoyer in the preseason and Josh McDaniels got to the podium, which strikes me as just weird is he said, this is not the preseason. Well, the guy you picked to start didn't even look good in the preseason. He looked worse than the guy you drafted in the fourth round. It, it doesn't are make not, it just, Are they it not watching? Make, are they not watching tape? I mean, I, I, to, every they, ex- is he present on the sideline? You know, every what? expert, every expert NFL, because you and I, you know, we're busy writing and doing videos, all this kind of stuff, podcasts. But we read stuff and watch stuff, right? Because we have to be informed. I'm watching all of the X's and O guys. You name them from the smaller guys that we know that come on our show to Ted over at The Athletic to Dan Orlovsky to everybody. And they're like, this is the worst quarterback play I've ever seen. Like they can't do anything. Brian Hoyer, even Baldy, as you heard in the first segment, Baldy's like, yeah, I'm just, it's just not good quarterback play. He's not seeing the ball. He's not seeing anything. So, you you know, you look at that and they're like, oh, so are they all wrong? And Josh McDaniels is right. No, it's not true. So I, I agree with you. I, I'm going to say it's going to be 38 to 10. I don't think the Raiders get the 13 points. <laughs> I gave it 35-17 simply because I think regardless of who starts, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Brian, if he makes the mistake and puts Brian Horry back up there again, We'll see a replay of last week where Aiden O'Connell comes in at garbage time and then, you know, racks up some points late, you know, some meaningless points. And and it's pretty sad because if Jimmy Garoppolo shouldn't play or isn't going to play because he's hurt, yeah, just just start Aiden O'Connell. And if it looks bad, it looks bad. We understand it's a rookie. He's getting to start against a tough defense. We understand. But you're not learning anything by starting Brian Hoyer and then having him just kind of bottom out and then just bow out in the fourth quarter. And then you toss an Aiden O'Connell when the kid has to press and the, and the team knows you're passing the football. It doesn't help Aiden O'Connell. It doesn't give him a, a good environment to grow when he's coming Correct. into the game. He's down by three scores already. 100% agree. And I think that they have to. I mean, if you want, the only way I think the Raiders score over 10 points, honestly, oh is God. if they put O'Connell in. Because I'm not saying O'Connell won't throw two interceptions, too, and they still lose, but I think they could score 20 points or more with him throwing the ball. Although, if they Scott, can't run the ball, that, that doesn't help them either. Scott, do you realize what you just said? You're mm-hmm. telling me that a, the Raiders have a better chance yes. of getting over the 20-point mark with a rookie who has only one career start over the guy that the Raiders handpicked or Josh, the Josh McDaniels handpicked and paid bridge quarterback money to and was a winner yes. in San Francisco. The rookie has a better chance of giving the Raiders better scoring production. What is it? Correct, that's a sir. problem. That's a problem within itself. That money, that means that money yeah. that you paid Jimmy G, you could have done so many other things with that money and then just roll with Aiden O'Connell for that. Yes. Yes. And you could have, I mean, you could have done a lot of things. You could have, you could have, you could have drafted an inside defensive interior player first. You could have drafted an offensive lineman again. There are a lot of things they could have done. Now that's easy for me to second guess. So I get it. But, but yes, I do think he would give them the best chance because Jimmy G has been awful. He's been the worst. And you said it last show, been the worst statistically in his career. So injury aside. So we'll have to see, but. We'll, we'll know Monday night, man, and it'll be interesting. So, Mo, what do you got coming up as far as uh, what people need to read with their eyeballs uh, on their phones or their screens? Over on Sports Not, I made the case why the Raiders should be buyers and sellers. Because I actually think they're going to do both. I actually think they're going to trade players, Hunter Renfro, and they're going to acquire players for the future. Not just because they want to win this year, but I think they're going to try to acquire young players for the years beyond the 2023 season. So I'll make the case that they should be doing both over on sports. Not as I said, I will be on pregame against the lions and post game. So I'm going to take some days to kind of look over some things with the Raiders, pay attention to the reports. Cause I am running the trade tracker at bleach report. Any trade that goes down, I will have instant analysis and in my grade for each team that's involved in the trade over on bleach report. So if that hundred for trade goes down, be sure to check that up over on BR. There you go. I will have a piece on Sports Not about how the Raiders need to bring a special guest to Raiders headquarters to release the curse that is apparently on this team. They have to bring in Jamarcus Russell, 
Oh my god! And exercise the demons. I'm kidding. I'm not writing that. I, w- I was hoping. <laughs> but something's going on. They got to get. I mean, the Cubs had the Billy Goat, all that jazz. Raiders got something. They got, they, they got to figure it out. But um, but anyway, I appreciate you, Mo, and appreciate all the work you're doing. By the way, we will be back tomorrow with a mailbag show. We got some good voicemails and some emails. So you guys uh, make sure you tune into that before you hit your weekend. And we'll be right back here. Obviously, we'll have a post-game reaction show uh, late Monday night. And then we'll have, um, because of the late Monday night, we will not have a regular show Tuesday. That'll be the show for Tuesday. And then uh, I think we'll do a Wednesday show. So it'll be, we'll record that at some point and get it to you Wednesday. So we'll figure that out. So next week will be a little weird because of that. We're going to have a shorter week. So we got to figure it out. So Mo and I haven't talked about that, but we will. We'll get you the content. Trust me. We'll be there. It'll be good. I just hope the Rays are good enough on Monday where Murph doesn't have to do a show with a bag on his head. It was so sad to see. I'm seeing more paper bag reader fans out there. Yeah. It's on their memes, their yeah. Twitter profiles, their X profiles, whatever you want to call it. I'm seeing more paper bags. That's not a good sign. Yeah, I did see, and I will I will not mention handle. Uh, I did see one Raiders fan talk about he might need a plastic grocery bag. And I was like, ooh. I saw that too. Hard to breathe. Hard to breathe. All right. Uh, Mo, my man, I appreciate you. And we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Actually, actually, we'll talk to you for tomorrow for the mailbag show. All right. Uh, For our producer, Mike Robbie, for Mo Mo, and I am Scott Colbrands. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. We thank you all for being here. Hang in there. We're going to get through it together. And we're going to be here for you. Uh, I'm Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today. Take care.